Hey everybody and welcome to this installment of our uh, sermon series, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Um, I'm really glad to be with you today one more time here on uh, the YouTubes. Uh, so I hope you're having a great day so far. This sermon, this message, this teaching um, today is called Enlarge Your Soul Through Grief and Loss. So yeah, very chipper message. But let me assure you, before you click away to uh, the cat videos, that um, I really believe, and, and I, I, I say this from my heart and because of my experience that I've had with the Lord, that if we allow ourselves to travel into grief and loss, the grief and the loss that we've experienced in our lives, that the Lord will meet us there and do great things. So I pray that this message would be a blessing to you and would encourage you in the tough things. That being said, um, I want to go ahead and open up our time in the scriptures today. We're going to be in Matthew uh, uh, chapter 26, and we're going to be reading through verses 36 and uh, 36 to 39. So if you want to go ahead and open up your Bible uh, or open up your app, whatever it may be, we're going to be reading from the ESV today. But if you want to go ahead and read through another translation or version, that is fine too. Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 39, says this, Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. This is the word of the Lord. Now let's take into context, let's do a little bit of exegetical work here on the scripture and, and just find some context for what's actually happening. So we have Jesus James, John, and Peter, and Jesus has asked them, said, hey, um, come, come with me. I need, I need to pray. I need to be with my father. And he doesn't necessarily ask them to do anything grandiose. He just says, hey, while I'm over here doing this thing, doing my thing with my father in heaven, if you could just pray for me, that would be great. So we have Jesus, we have his inner three, we have, uh, it, it is nighttime, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, so he's in a, geographically, he's in a place where there's a slight valley down to a creek bed, and then on the far side, over there somewhere, uh, you can see the old city of Jerusalem, you can see the temple, um, and Jesus is sitting in a garden of olive trees, looking out upon that realizing and knowing exactly what he has to do. Also, it's important to keep in context that Jesus's disciples, James, John, and Peter, don't necessarily at this point, even at this point, right, have a full understanding of who Jesus is, and they for sure don't understand what is about to happen, the story that's about to unfold in 
front of them. Because just a few verses later after this encounter, it's Peter saying, hey, I'll never deny you. And we all know how that goes. Another exegetical thing I want us to notice as we look back onto those scriptures from verses 36 to 39 is a few words that give us true understanding of of where Jesus was emotionally. We see the word sorrowful. We see the word troubled. We see that he physically falls on his face to pray to his father. And I just want to take a second for us to remember that this is why Jesus can empathize with us in all things. This is why Jesus is who he is. This is why we can trust him and have faith in him is because he has experienced all of the emotions that we feel. He, he knows what they feel like. He understands the burden and the weight that they can carry and that they can place on our shoulders and in our spirits and on our hearts and on our minds and how excruciating they can be. Jesus has been there. He understands. He can empathize. He's an empathizing companion. That's who our Lord and God is. We see this very scene actually played out and written about uh, in the book of Lamentations, which was written by the prophet Jeremiah. Um, he, he speaks directly to and prophesies this exact scene out in his book of Lamentations. We're going to be in chapter 3 in the book of Lamentations, verses 28 and 29. Read with me. It says, Let him sit alone in silence when it is laid on him. Let him put his mouth to the dust. There may yet be hope. Hmm. That is uh, a nice little way to encapsulate the circumstance that Jesus has been placed in here in the garden. And I, and I want to take a second just uh, to encourage anyone who's going through grief and loss to read into the book of Lamentations. Um, it, it is a book that fully encaps- encapsulates the emotions that come along with grief and loss, but also that the Lord meets us in our grief and in our loss in in depression and sadness and sorrow, and that he does not cast off forever. He does not place us in these places that are difficult to be forever. And he does show mercy. But again, we see here, Jesus, he's right in the middle of it. He's experiencing these emotions and these circumstances in real time in a very deep Way And my question to you is, what about you? What about you when, when you're experiencing grief and loss, when you're, when you're in the middle of heavy and difficult emotions? Because interestingly enough, uh, this chapter ties in very nicely with our two previous messages, the two previous chapters of the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality book written by Pete Scazzaro, traveling through the wall and going backwards in order to go forwards, looking to our past in order to move healthily into our future. Because as we do those things, we probably will experience grief and loss. And again, As we do those things, as we look back on the difficult things in our lives, as we realize that we're going through something difficult right now in our own lives, that Jesus has also, and that he can empathize, and that we can go into the Bible, we can read his scriptures, we can read his words, 
we can we can follow along with his life and see that he truly does understand us. Another question, where in your life have you felt like grief and loss were laid on your shoulders? Was it in your childhood? Was it in your adolescence? What is it in the college years? Maybe if you're a little bit older, you're, you're looking back on the years when you were raising young kids. And for others, it's experiencing the grief and loss in the very moment. Coming up to that wall that we've spoken about and realizing if I don't go through this, I'm never going to find the healing that I need. I'm never going to get to a place where God can move me forward to the next thing. And then again, referring back to our, our the reference, the, the scriptures in Lamentations, have you ever felt like you're grieving in silence, mouth to the dust, hoping and praying for relief? That mouth to the dust image in my mind conjures someone who just needs a little bit of relief, just someone to come along and pick them up and say, it's going to be okay. We'll walk through this together. And, and I want to say that if you're in a place right now, as you're, as you're watching this message, this service, as, as you're listening to my words, if you're in a place where you feel like you are prostrate on the ground, mouth in the, to the dust, reach out. Drew, our lead pastor, and myself are available to talk. We have connections with uh, pastoral uh, and people who, who are great at... Uh, we have pastoral resources for you, but we also have connections with counselors and therapists here in the city. And we also want to offer you community and Christian family with brothers and sisters in Christ. We have micro gatherings that are filled with people who love the Lord, who would love to come alongside you and say, I understand you're going through something. Just come in and be with us. You don't have to do that alone. And the reality for many of us is that even if we're not going through something right now, we definitely have gone through something in the last two years, right? Societally, huge things happening. Um, all of us taking them in and processing them at different paces and in different ways. But I think it's also important that we remember that, yes, societally, there's been a story arc that's been going on with many things to take in and many things to process, but also that life is made up of individual stories. We all have our own story and we've all gone through our own things and we're all experiencing grief and loss in our own specific ways. And here's just a few of them. How are you dealing with paying your bills, experiencing grief with that? What about raising kids? What about being single? Are you experiencing any grief or loss in your marriage? What about chronic illness, addiction, depression? Are you dealing with any grief or loss in relation to your family members? Are you experiencing grief and loss through death, through mental health issues, through disappointments, through financial debts? What about anxiety? Stress and stress can can bring about grief and loss. What about what about a job loss, being laid off? I know sometimes it's hard to bring the divine and match it up with the reality of our lives, but 
Reality is simply something that we know to be true. It's the truth of our lives. And the truth is that Jesus has experienced those things as well. He's been in those realities and he can meet you in those places and bring healing and wholeness and restoration. But here's some hope for you, okay? In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is speaking to a group of people on a hillside outside of Capernaum near the Sea of Galilee. And in verses 3 and 4, he says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Are you experiencing grief and loss? You're blessed. When I experience grief and loss in my life, I am blessed, not because I am lesser or not worthy, but because Jesus simply says, people who fully experience those emotions are blessed because they are doing the hard work of allowing God to refine them and create in them new and living things from dead places. That's the truth. Are you starting to see in all of these scriptures, even through Lamentations, what Jesus is teaching about, what he's talking about in the garden? He's saying, in my grief, Lord, not my will, but yours be done, because I know it's better than what I would even have for myself. And he speaks plainly to the Father. He doesn't, he doesn't you know, come up with some amazing verbiage to make people believe this, he's some grandiose prayer master, even though he is. He just says, my father, how do you speak to the Lord when you're experiencing grief and loss? What do you say to him? And even if you don't have something to say to him, do you allow him to speak to you in silence and stillness? In the book of Hebrews, chapter 5, Paul writes about Jesus. Verses 7 and 8 say this. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. See, Jesus doesn't put on a happy face and try to pretend for his friends that everything's okay. He doesn't say some jokes or make some jovial comments to put everyone off the trail that he's actually in a significant amount of distress and grief in his life. He doesn't take the dark cloud that he's sitting under and try and paint a silver lining around it. He knows he's in a dark night of the soul, and he knows that if he doesn't sit in it and seek out his father and his father's love, and mercy, that he won't make it. He needs the Father, just as we do. Jesus, the great teacher, our teacher, our rabbi, is showing us this is the way. He's showing us that as every good gardener and farmer knows, that it is through the decomposition that occurs in soil and through solid compost, through the death of something comes the life of another thing. 
What is this the practice of? My favorite poet ever, Wendell Berry, says that it is the practice of resurrection. Jesus is revealing to us what it looks like to practice resurrection in our own lives because what he is doing in the garden is he is allowing the Lord to till the soil of his heart to bring forth the the fruit through grief and loss so that he can go to the cross, so that he can die, so that he can be lifted off and placed in a tomb and then three days later resurrected. So many of us fear death because we think it's the end. But if we truly believe that Jesus is God, then we also believe that a reality is that through death we find life. We practice resurrection in this way by allowing the Lord to enlarge our soul through grief and loss. A heavy message for sure. Um, one that I'm still processing, but I encourage you to sit in it and to allow the Lord to work in your grief and in your losses to bring forth new life from things that have died. I want to leave you with a question. We're going to have, uh, this is going to be the one reflection question that we have for today's service. It comes directly from uh, day by day by Pete Scazzaro. So uh, if you don't have it, highly recommend picking up. It's a devotional. There's uh, morning, midday, and evening prayers in it. It's amazing little companion. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's a 40-day prayer journal. So I highly recommend you pick it up. You can find it at their website, which would be, uh, I think it's emotionallyhealthyspirituality.com or emotionallyhealthy.com, or you can pick up pick it up on Amazon. But our question, our reflection question today is going to come directly from this book, and it is this. What might it mean for you to mature by entering the painful reality of your losses rather than avoiding them? Ponder this and think on these things. Enter into silence and stillness with the Lord. Pray fervently for God to meet you in your grief and in your loss. Let's pray. Lord, it's scary to enter into difficult things. And it's scary to enter into difficult things that brought us real pain where we experienced real loss, where we even experienced death. But we know that you are present. We know that you are with us. And we believe in your mercy and in your power. Be with us this day and this week as we continue to think on how you are enlarging our souls through grief and loss. Amen.